0: Back in on Canuck Central in the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. This hour of Canuck Central brought to you by Brevo. Brevo provides convenient, cloud-based access control systems from your mobile device for any industry. Go to lpbrivocom slash Canada for a smart demonstration. All right, it is a uh, Friday and uh, just because SAT isn't here doesn't mean uh, we can't have a mailbag. So, big Mazar, in for SAT and here on the mailbag. Your questions for us here on Canuck Central. big Nazar, Canuck Central postgame analysts. So, you know how this works. People just ask us questions. Uh, familiar. pretty, Pretty simple. I don't know if anybody else has ever done a mailbag before. Never been done. We have innovated the radio and podcast wheel. Not true.
1: Uh, It's like the people show and Canuck Central come together. You're talking to the people. You're answering the questions. Right. It's a great way of putting it. You're the man
0: for the job, Bick. You guys uh, tailor it all to Friday? Yes. I'm I'm all week long. Uh, What we need to do is get the people to tell Bick
2: never to wear a toque again on camera. Comments
1: are open on Twitter.
2: (laughs) (laughs) On X. Just tweeted the the Harry from Home Alone gif (laughs) rocking the
0: toque Joe Pesci
2: yeah
0: he is incredible in that movie by the way alright he's he's incredible in
2: everything
1: yes he is we can get to that later in the mailbag but we're gonna start with Austin from Langley if you're Alvin and Rutherford what is on your Christmas list three things could be an acquisition subtraction extension anything to happen three
0: things Canucks Christmas list Wish list. Okay, so an acquisition, a subtraction, and an extension. Well, the first one's obvious. An like extension for Elias Patterson.
2: Number one on the Christmas wish list.
0: Yeah, it's an expensive Christmas mm-hmm. present you're giving to somebody else. <laughs> but but, th- but there's joy
2: in yes, the gift giving. It's process. the season of giving. Yeah,
0: it is a long-term gift, <laughs> and the gift gives back. You would think.
2: That's for sure. The the, the number one extension is, is on the Yeah, there's list.
0: there's no debating that. Like I'm not I'm not here to really uh dive in and decide that you really need to go in hard on a Nikita zadorov extension mm-hmm. right away. Like not not all that not all that interested in like making sure that happens today or in the next couple of weeks. An
2: acquisition? I'm gonna I'm gonna pair the okay. acquisition and subtraction in one. Uh, well, okay. Let's do the acquisition together. Okay. And on
0: three, we'll both say the name.
2: Wait, name or role? Oh. Okay, I was I was thinking name. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll make up a name. I'm curious if we both have the same name then.
0: Okay, that'd be pretty pretty awesome. It would be pretty awesome. Okay, Ben, counts us a, down. That's what
1: the suspense is about. Do we have our names ready? Yes. Yeah. Three, two,
2: one. Willie Travis me. All right. We're no. <laughs> William, same, William Nylander? Same neighborhood. Same neighborhood. Yeah. Nylander is,
0: uh, I I would say, they're both kind of a stretch, especially mm-hmm. with the way Philadelphia is playing right now. Uh, but Nylander, I don't know. Like I feel like Toronto's going to just pay him
2: and figure it out. They can and will? They can and they will. Again, I don't know if that happens. Certainly not by Christmas. Yes. But if there's a scenario where Christmas in July, and Willie meland is available for free, that would be nice. That would be nice. Subtraction, though. I was gonna use, I was gonna pair it with like Garland money out. Right. Top, I was gonna say top six forward. Like, so actually, not even top six. First line forward.
0: Yeah. Um. I think that's that's a great way of putting it. And I think the only way that can happen is if Garland goes out. Mhm.
2: And. I don't want to view it as like a statement of this guy's playing poorly or it's not. He's not. It's just the using nearly $5 million on the third line versus five extra million dollars on the first line matters in a great deal.
0: It's where uh, the Canucks cap situation can be a little bit more efficient. So as much as I think a lot of people would say, subtract Tyler Myers, uh, like Myers is probably gone by the end of the year anyways. So... If there's something that can clean up your books for the next couple of years so you can open up money to do something else with it, Mm -hmm. then Garland is is the choice. Speaking of Tyler Myers, from Ray,
1: how big of a trade ship will or can Tyler Myers be at the deadline?
0: I am more and more wondering how Tyler Myers doesn't get you at least a second round pick. Or a decent prospect.
2: I I get very skittish at attaching prices to it. Yeah. Because sometimes I think we have a good handle in the trade market. And then Zadorov gets traded for a future, like a long-term third and a, a current fifth. And we're like, oh, that's way cheaper than I thought. And then out of nowhere, like Rasmus Rischeladen will go for 14th overall. What's happening here? Yes. Uh, Zadorov
0: was a unique circumstance. Yes. That the Canucks took advantage of because they were able to open up cap space and nobody else that wanted Zadora could. So that's why he was cheaper. But if you are living in a world where Tyler Myers is going to be traded close to the deadline, well, there's going to be more teams able to look at him with their cap situations. There will be
2: I'll well, say second you, round value. How about that? But yeah. not necessarily a second round pick. You could potentially retain to make sure that you get second round value. I would i s I'm operating under the assumption that they're gonna retain. They it might would have w- to. Which retain. would cost a hundred thousand dollars. As far as like real cash, a yeah. hundred thousand dollars. It's three million dollars uh mm-hmm. cap hit. Although at that stage how much money is actually left? I think it's like um probably like seven hundred and fifty K or something like that. Yeah, not much. So
0: He's got thirteen points in twenty seven games and is a plus eleven, is a right shot defenseman, is big, has shown that in the playoffs he'll play more physical than he does in season. Like teams are gonna teams would love to add a player like that. And it's why I don't I'm not convinced the Canucks will sell Tyler Myers. It might be contingent on them getting Ethan Bear and also getting Ethan Bear healthy and playing well by the time the trade deadline comes around. Because they can't afford to lose a right-shot defenseman mm-hmm. they like if you're cannot. going to the playoffs.
1: <laughs> Especially with what Talkett said about wanting to play lefty-ready as much as possible.
0: Yes. And Zadorov even today with us being like, eh, I'm not the most comfortable playing yeah. on the right side. So, <laughs> Got to respect the honesty. <laughs> yes. Like, I can do it, but uh, <laughs> it's
1: not the easiest. But, yeah. One of the many bright spots of the Canucks season so far has been Niels Hoaglander. So from Josh, and not Josh I am subbing in for today. Yes. <laughs> Would you gamble on signing Hoaglander to a longer term extension with a low AAV, like a two million by five? I'm not saying that's on the table, but would you do yeah. that?
2: it's a conversation we had a lot in the summer. Yeah. A lot of people want to do a you know, one by eight or one times eight. I uh, or one point uh, eight times seven years or something like that. I'm still no.
0: I'm still no, and if I was Hoaglander, I'd also be no. Like I don't Ooh,
2: yeah. Yeah, coming think, in coming into this year, you could make that claim, and be like, hey man, it's sixteen million dollars you're gonna make, something like that.
0: I think if Hoaglander proves to be a player that can play in a higher situation up the lineup, like if you're gonna sign into a long term deal, you still gotta be like look at how Nick Paul did it. Like like yeah, I still got three million to sign like per year to get the seven year deal. I don't know if I do it for ten million in guaranteed money. If I'm if I'm Nils Hoglander. so the Scottie Pippen thing in the Last Dance will forever haunt me mm. with
1: athletes of just I yeah. want to take the guaranteed money and then two Who years knows? into that contract, yeah. he's like I'm here for six more years and I'm worth yeah. so much more than this.
0: Yeah, it's oh, a, that's oh, scary also situation. the Magic
2: Johnson story with Nike too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and Jose Bautista. Yep. Yeah. Remember, like, after that team-friendly deal with the Jays ended and he was like, I want $250 million. <laughs> I want to make up all the money I lost. Well, it's like, Pay me. It's me. It's not our fault that you signed the team-friendly deal and then went on to be, like, an MVP candidate player for a bunch of years. From Peter,
1: if you had no allegiance, loyalty to a club, or any team, would you pick the core players of the Canucks, Kings, or the Avalanche to Ooh. build your
2: franchise around?
0: Should we do Ooh. the showdown again?
2: Uh, I, okay, I know my number one answer. I, I should we podium this? Yes. Okay. We can do the showdown.
0: Alright, showdown. We'll Who's start number with third one place or yeah, number yeah. one. We'll count down uh count down from three again. Okay. Three Wait, are we
2: are we naming our gold medal here? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one. S. Avalanche. Yeah. Yes. That I figured it'd sense. be same. Yeah. Same,
0: same. But the second part, the second one is Who's silver for you? Three, two, one. Canucks. Oh. Oh. I was gonna say I'm still deciding, but I was going to say, uh,
2: I'm trying to think of the, the Kings' core. Because if we're having a core conversation, we're talking about four or five years. Yeah. Now, undoubtedly, I think the Kings are significantly better than uh, the Canucks this season. I'm deciding how much how
0: much stock I want to buy in Quinton Byfield right now. Yeah. but That's essentially what I'm deciding.
2: It, I, I'm basically pairing this versus back end of Kopitar-Doughty yes. versus current Hughes- Pedersen and I'll take current Hughes Pedersen. It's
0: you know what? It's a great point. You convinced me Canucks. I was on the fence a little bit. Not going to lie. I don't know how much mm-hmm. how people are going to feel about that, but I am not the biggest Pierre-Luc Dubois fan. Mm-hmm. And eight and a half million dollars for eight years for that player
2: and Philip Deneau is your next best center? When, when the Kopitar thing expires. Yeah. I'm very curious. So, and, and look, maybe Byfield is the guy, and I'm Byfield to be switches wrong. to center
0: at some point. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I'm wrong. Because if, if he is, then that changes the conversation. But still, it's. But they've tra- traded most of their future pieces, that's right? The thing. It's like Byfield and Brant Clark. Like that's mm-hmm.
0: those are the future core pieces they're looking at, and you can't really judge them on being core pieces yet because. You know who I love watching right now, though? Trevor Byfield. Moore. Trevor Moore. <laughs> Trevor Moore, man, that is such a you guy. Blake Lazotte, man. Yeah, you're a big Lazotte guy. All right. So it's Abs Canucks and Kings. And if the order.
1: playoffs were to start today, the Canucks would be playing the Kings in the first round. The question from Keyshawn says, "With this sample size so far, what would an ideal playoff matchup look like, and what would a less than ideal playoff matchup look like?"
2: I've been giving this a lot of thought. Actually, this is—I was thinking about this this an week. An
0: ideal playoff matchup. Okay, great
2: mailbag. I don't know so if there is an ideal playoff <laughs> matchup. <laughs> That's the thing. If you're if you're going to be Pacific Division seed, yeah, you're playing either the, the Kings or the Knights or the, or the Golden Knights. So there's no ideal matchup.
0: No. Okay. Both of those are very tough, and both of those teams will highlight the weaknesses of the current Vancouver Canucks.
2: But let me scheme this out for you, okay? Mm-hmm. I, like, I think it would be very difficult to win either one of those matchups. Yes. Just so we're clear. But the best way, I think, for the Canucks to get to round three is hope the Oilers get a wildcard spot, and they go against the Kings because I don't think there's any way the Canucks are going to go through Vegas and LA right to get to round 3. Okay. But if you get the and if you're looking at all the Western Wildcard teams, the only one that you feel like I, to me that can make a an upset is the Oilers versus the Kings. Yeah. I don't know if the Oilers can beat the Knights but I feel like the Oilers can beat the Kings. We've seen it happen multiple seasons.
1: So you'd the, you'd rather have the
2: Canucks play the Golden Knights, the in, round golden one, Knights. in round one? And look, they're overwhelmingly underdogs. Right. But the best chance for the Canucks to get to round three would be the Oilers knock off the Kings, and then the Canucks knock off the Knights. Yeah. And then you go against the Oilers. So and that's still a difficult matchup. Yeah. But I don't I don't think you're going through both Vegas and L.A.
0: It's it's hard to um, it's hard to to see how this happens, and it means that the Canucks are in for uh, probably a uh, less than great finish to the season. Mm-hmm. But if they were to finish in a wild card spot and Dallas wins the Central and you end up taking Dallas as one of the wild card
2: teams. I just I just started sweating even think about that. That might. <laughs> they slide out. They end up at like 92 points from here on out. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm nervous.
0: But I think Dallas is the team they probably match up best against because they're oh, more man. of a slower, plotted sure, team yeah, yeah, than yeah. Colorado or Vegas or LAR. Right. And, like, you know, much Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils – what, what did we talk about in the pregame and in the lead-up to that game? The devil's pace is going to be a problem for the Canucks, and it 100% was a problem for the Canucks. And every team that they've played that profiles as a fast team give the Canucks problems. And this was a problem for Boudreaux's Canucks, it was a problem for previous Canucks teams, and it's a problem for Rick Talkett's team. So wh- who's the slowest team out of the potential suitors, potential playoff mm-hmm. opponents? It would probably be Dallas. So We'd need some serious regression to make that hot like, at the sweet spot. Yeah, it's not an ideal situation that plays out though, because that means the Canucks are probably playing like what, five fifty hockey for the rest of the year.
2: That's not great. Not, but not a winning strategy. So you, you
0: wouldn't have confidence going in, no matter what.
2: The answer to me is uh Dallas is the most ideal and Vegas is the least ideal, I think. Mm.
0: I think LA might be less ideal than Vegas. I'd rather go against
2: Talbot than mm. Hill.
1: Makes sense. A potential trade ship for the Canucks could be, as we've mentioned, Connor Garland. Has Connor Garland this season earned the opportunity to have some top-line minutes? Would they consider that to increase his trade value?
0: 110% no.
2: Yeah. I'm with you.
0: We've been over this a few times... But what has cemented me more into this opinion is when Coach talked about it a couple of weeks ago and essentially said, there are certain players that Connor Garland fits better with. There needs to be a certain chemistry that he has to play with. And I think, again, Tockett's comments even today about Connor Garland sort of highlight that he likes a lot of what he's doing in his current role with the team, likes the chemistry that he has with Dakota Joshua and whoever's playing center there. Joshua goes down, wins a puck. Garland gets it. He does his spins and figures out how to, you know, try to create some kind of chance or get a weak shot off. And the Canucks, more often than not, keep the puck in the offensive end with that chemistry of that line haven't conceded a ton of chances and talk it likes it even though it's not scoring at an incredible rate
1: they the have like the a puck's
0: not going in the puck's not like the, what did it, it what was the line today that i liked uh they don't have the, they didn't have their fingerprints on any of the chances against <laughs> fair enough <laughs> like what is this csi they don't have their fingerprints uh, on it i with
2: you completely uh, I just want to point out, like, how spins has become such a derisive word in this market in the last eight months. It's great.
0: Okay, tell me you weren't, like, mad watching Andre Kuzmenko spin for days on the power play last
2: night. The three spins, and he just, like, rotated right down yes. to the goal line. Is like, dizzy. all right, I got to pass it off now. Because I'm exhausted. You know how tiring it is
0: to spin like that constantly? Oh, man
1: moving around I was exhausted watching it <laughs> looking around the NHL Calgary, Edmonton, Minnesota, and Ottawa all have 20% more regulations than regulation
0: wins than Toronto which one is a mirage So if Ottawa is a mirage does that mean they're better than what they've been so far this season I think Ottawa would be a mirage meaning that
1: they're not as good be- as right uh, and Toronto not getting wins being a Mirage means they're better than that. No, I think it's the
0: opposite because Toronto is. Yeah, I think
2: it's the opposite. For
0: as much as Toronto they is. They have 30
2: points, but six regulation wins.
0: Given the uh, rhetoric around the Leafs, like, would you think they're 13, 6, and 4 on the season? No. <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> I will say, of that group, Calgary is the Mirage.
0: They have six regulation wins, which
2: is pretty bad.
0: Uh, and they just lost their of, only good goalie. So. They're,
2: they're tied with Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago with six regulation wins. Only Seattle and Montreal have less.
1: But what does that tell you? Does that tell you actually anything on, Decemb- think, on December
2: 8th? I think regulation wins and road records are very instructive of how good you are.
0: Hmm. I, uh, I don't think Toronto's a mirage. I think they've played... Like, they haven't played as well as their record suggests, Mm -hmm. the 13, 6, and 4, but their high-end talent allows them a little bit more of a margin for error than other teams, and once they add to the defense, they'll probably be a little bit better, because their defense is mm, not great. And they're kind of built for three-on-three play. Like,
1: they're Mm -hmm. very,
2: very good in three-on-three play. Now, Minnesota, I, I would say Minnesota and Calgary are the two teams. I'm like, I, I don't know what your guys' edge is. Because at least Toronto, with those, like, there's multiple high-end players there. Edmonton, they got McDavid. right? They got Settle. They yep. have an edge. Flawed roster, no doubt. Goaltending is a mess. But they have an edge. I don't know what Calgary Minnesota's edge is. Minnesota has Kaprazov. So that's really about it.
0: They've still got an okay defense. Mm-hmm. Pretty good defense. But... They're an uninspiring team, as we saw last night. I'd say Calgary is the biggest mirage. Like, I, I don't I don't think Calgary's coming out of it, if that's the suggestion. Like, they're going to eventually get into being a playoff team and all of that. I just, I don't see it for Calgary this year. And they've got a lot of questions to answer. Godspeed to Craig Conroy. Because Brad Trilliving just, like, <laughs> lit a match and tossed it backwards as and he left that he team. He took a plane to Toronto. Yes. <laughs> He actually took a plane to Toronto.
1: He actually did it. We're going to avoid all the Shohei questions that we've gotten because we've discussed that we There's don't know. There's so
2: many.
0: There's so many Shohei questions. and it's just like, ah, we don't really know. Is uh, the, the one I liked best was, uh, is Shohei's contract going to be a comparable for Elias Petterson? I
1: know. I'm... How does Shohei signing in Toronto affect the Leafs' chances of winning the <laughs> cup? That was one, too. Can he play goal? <laughs> Shifting gears ever so slightly, basketball, Phil, who would win a 650 Jeopardy
2: championship? And why? Oh, man. I saw this one. It was tagged with Andy. Yes. Why would it be Andy or a dog? Why would it be Andy? He, he, he would be a strong candidate. I feel like when people try to pick
0: a Jeopardy winner, they think of white men can't jump and who has the most useless
2: information amongst the group. I think that might be me, to be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm it very, might be. It he's might be got you. a spreadsheet I'm, about everything. I'm very good at pub trivia. If you ever want to win pub trivia, just invite me. Oh, man. Really? I'll be there, yeah. So my answer was going to be Bick.
0: Yeah. If I am power ranking, I'd say Bic, Drance, and... Oh, yeah. Drance
2: would be a good pick. Yeah. If I'm going to pick a third... Did you ever work in FM, by the way? I, I was... No. Okay. So the reason I picked myself is because there's all these just dumb factoids. <laughs> that, like, I just know about random stuff. Yes. Like, that's the reason I was just like, that's why I'm good at pub trivia. And like they always play music Yeah And so I've worked at a rock station I feel like Bruff at... could know some stuff too He's my I had the same I had Drance and Dick yeah. And then I was like Jason might know
0: Some random stuff <laughs> My uh My wife was She was having her holiday party But it was Because she works remotely It was all on Zoom <laughs> And I'm just like They're making lunch And they're doing Team Jeopardy In the background <laughs> And one one of the questions Was Hollywood I'm just like Bambi The answer's Bambi I was so right. I felt so good about
1: myself. Amazing. We'll end off with uh, your must-watch holiday movie.
2: Mine's uh, always Home Alone. Always Home Alone. Yeah. Always Die Hard. And Godfather is up there for me. Really? Hey, if, if we're accepting Die Hard because it's set during Christmas. Yeah. Godfather during Christmas. Tom yeah. Hagen literally gets picked up as he's Christmas shopping. I'm watching Godfather. Die
1: Hard qualifies much more than Godfather's I'm just Christmas movie. <laughs> I'm just, just saying. Just so we're clear.
2: There's, there's scenes of snow coming down. It's a
1: Christmas party. Yeah.
2: It's Die Hard. <laughs> it's like nothing Christmassy about it. It's Die Hard. Uh, but no. Home Alone's always a big one. Big, I, I just Home changed Alone my... 1 and 2, I mean, yeah, they, iconic. Just, they
0: never get old.
2: Yeah.
0: I just do changed do my, my profile well, picture
2: still. On, uh, on X and Twitter. Uh, I've not seen it. Big shout out to uh, Chef Swagger who did this a couple of years ago. Who I, I did, a, you know, we did those photo shoots. Yeah, I did one like the the Kevin McAllister hands in my face, and uh, Chef Swagger was really quick to uh, Photoshop me behind uh, the trailer or mm-hmm. the poster for Home Alone. So now that's December. I've changed my uh, profile picture there. Uh,
0: honorable mentions go to Bad Santa, Elf, Elf. Although I'm getting kind of tired of Elf. Uh, Scrooged.
2: I don't know if I ever watched Scrooge to be honest.
0: And
2: uh, Christmas Vacation. I watch... It's not a Christmas movie, but it's a winter movie. I watch Cool Runnings. <laughs> I love that one. Feel the rhythm. Feel the vibe. Get on up.
0: Good spot box led time. Yeah. Uh, all right. That'll do it for the mailbag. And uh, we are all off to go on Otani Watch until... <laughs>
2: We're going to go hang out at airports. Yes,
0: the Canucks take on the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow night. 6 o'clock pregame. You'll hear it here on Sportsnet 650 for the 7 o'clock puck drop for Saturday night's second matchup, the main event of Hockey Night in Canada. For producer Ben Basham, my co-host Bick Nazar, I'm Dan Rachel. You've been listening to Canucks Central.